Hi, this is Larry Cady, the voice of Lionel from Thundercat. Hi, this is Allison Court, better known as Claire Redfield. Hey, this is Chris Jericho. Hi, this is Dan Bush. I'm Eric Stewart, the voice of Brock and James from Pokemon. This is Laura Summer from Real Ghostbusters. Well, hey, kids, it's me, Townsend Coleman, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You're listening to Operation Retroshock. 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 Thunder. 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 Thundercat. Cowabunga! Oh! Dudes. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Operation Retroshock 84. I am one of your hosts, Alan Price, and there is no Vento here today, everybody. <laughs> I'm not going to say what happened off mic there, but um, needless to say, I am joined by the certain individual that you'll have heard in the last episode of the podcast, and that is Mikey Thompson. Hello, Mikey. Hello, Alan. Nice to be here again. Thank you for having speaking me. Speaking awfully loud, you can lean back and relax a bit. We're using the equipment, everybody, so uh, get awfully yeah. excited. Getting used to it, it's going to be so. Be getting used to it, yes, exactly. And also with me and Mikey um, making his well proper debut as a host. He has been on the show before. He seems to be getting awfully pumped in the corner. Oh, yeah. It's the man who couldn't be bothered to show up to the last episode, and that is. Mr. Chris Hill. Excuse me, I did want to come to the last episode, but you wouldn't have me. No, that is lies, because you said you were running your parents to the Grand Opera House in Belfast. Sure, we have to help our parents out every now and then. No. Uh, but yes, <laughs> yes, I think I have appeared on the show before, but I can't exactly be sure. Many, maybe it was many moons. No, it was maybe one of the subsidiary kind of things, no, like Rational Shock or what have you. last year, wasn't it, before Mania? I think it was like a was like wrestling a, YouTube video slash crossover. Very, very sporadically <laughs> have I ever appeared in Operation Retrosuck, if at all, really. Yeah. I think. Um, this will be my second. This will be your second appearance. Congratulations, Mikey. Yeah, my two, two anniversary. Wow. <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> You've made it two weeks. That's that's something to put in the CD. Not even two weeks. Not even two weeks. At the, end of this, at the end of this. So you'll be able to say two episodes at least. So. Yeah, it's more than some. It's not that bad. And yes, because my name's Chris, for all you people that want your vent fix... You still have a Chris here, so... Yay! <laughs> There's two Chrises. You're commonly referred to as Hill, though. As Hill, so you can call me Hill if you'd like. We'll be calling him Hill, though. Yeah. Make life easier for everyone. Make your life easy, everybody. But um, with these two gentlemen now being with me as hosts, uh, things are going to be changing ever so slightly when it comes to the show. You're still going to be getting, um, you know, occasionally your sort of your proper retro sort of shows where we talk about things in the past and all that sort of stuff. That's not going away or anything like that. But uh, generally, what you will find uh, us doing uh, together, us three uh, as a group, will be probably mainly movie talk and games and wrestling and stuff like that. So you will probably get maybe a weekly or every other week uh, a show. In regards to one of the latest movies out in the cinema. Uh, and that's what you're going to get today. Because we're going to talk about the movie that is, I think, as we record, still number one at the US box office. And that is our very own countryman, Liam Neeson's 
non-stop. You big lame. Balamina, hey. You can, you can tell they are quite excited about <clears> this, everybody. But um, we went and saw this, not uh, this Friday, but the Friday before, if I'm The correct. Friday it was released. The Friday it was released. 28th of February. Can I just inquire before we go on? Did we get this before America? No, I no. think they came out the same day. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I think they all came out the same day, so there's no real... Because Liam's that popular. Like that. Big Liam's that popular. He, he is that popular. Big Liam is well-loved in America. He is well-loved. Um... But considering, well he tries to do, here. considering he tries to do god-awful American-Irish accents. That's because he's a crossover between the Ulster and American accent. That's one thing, though, that Liam Neeson has gone on record as saying before, is that when he's playing a character, he doesn't really try and play an American or what have you. He just goes and tries to kind of portray a version of himself. So mm-hmm. I think that's why in a lot of his movies, you know, you hear... But I think recently... His Irish more, accent more, mixed more in recent, with in American. More, in more recent times, you hear his Belfast accent come out more. Mm. I've noticed the further we've went on yeah. in time he's just went he's just, went, he's just yeah. went to hell with it I'm not even going to try here that's just everybody knows where I'm from let's so just, just talk as I am, am. <clears throat> yeah pretty much and he does a good job of it clearly exactly um, so let's see will we start sort of by the way everybody spoiler warning before we go ahead I almost tripped up on that aspect yeah, yeah. Yeah. but we, this is going to be spoiler filled <laughs> so if you don't want to hear what actually happens in the movie if you're planning to go and see the movie uh don't listen. It's been nice having you here. Bye-bye. See you later. <laughs> um, but, um, well, firstly, I would say it's you know it's fair that we would uh, <laughs> recommend this movie to everybody to go see, yes? Definite thumbs up. Yeah, it's one of those ones you have to see. You have to kind of suspend your belief and all that sort of stuff in some of the cases, but it is very, very enjoyable nonetheless. Good popcorn flick. But uh, we'll start off towards the beginning of the movie, and uh, Liam uh, is playing a U.S. Air Marshal. Um, the effectively a lo- load of like ex-cops and ex-army guys become U.S. Air Marshals nowadays, especially after the whole nine eleven stuff. But um, he is—you uh, can kind of see from the start that he's kind of not, not everyone's kind of there. He doesn't seem no, all he's very, altogether, especially when the flight's taken off and he's touching and he's nervous. Yes, and, he's mm-hmm. nervous and he's kind of unsettled. But before we get to the flight, will we just mention quickly that we had a kind of wee minor pop in the we cinema? We pop. When to he use is, wrestling terminology. Yes, when he is going through security, security checks his passport, and what does it say? Belfast. United Kingdom. But did that happen as early as, like, the opening scenes? That, that, yeah, that was pretty much the first, 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 first few minutes. Yeah. All right, okay. Because it was when the, the titles are going across? Because it starts out with him on the phone in the car, then there's the scene just outside the airport where he has a smoke, and then he goes inside, and then that's when he's at security. So it's very, very towards the start of the movie. <clears throat> And um, let's just say within the first two minutes of the movie, me and Mikey had figured out who the bad guy was in Australia. Yeah. If you're into your films and you know these type of films, you will get it straight away. Unlike me, who was completely oblivious from the very start. But I think because whenever I go to movies, it's kind of like I'm not trying to work out what's well, going on as such. I'm well, just your, there your to, words to us have were, a good time. Your words to us were, how do you know that's the bad guy? I know, it's typical know, cliche though, isn't it? I don't like machine trailers list. I didn't know. I went into it yeah. not knowing what to expect. But it is kind of cliches in these type of thriller movies where they will kind of introduce the bad guy right at the very start and then you're meant to forget about him for a while and then, lo and behold, at some point in the movie later on he'll come back and you'll be like, oh yeah, remember that guy? Okay. Yeah. But he kind of goes in and out and in and out of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he does, he doesn't where just you're drop kind of, away completely. You know, at some points you're pointing the finger and I'm thinking, right, this guy definitely is the bad guy. And another time, you're like, yeah, you're, 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 you're very and they do quite a good job sure. of making him a sympathetic character as well at certain times. So mm-hmm. the movie's very good at doing that. I have to say, you know, playing with your emotions, exactly. 
which is why I think it ultimately ended up being a better movie than a lot of people kind of maybe went in suspecting that it was going to be. Yeah, because it's kind of... What I thought with this movie was it was kind of two different genres kind of joined together. You had that sort of suspenseful thriller part for the kind of the first, probably just over half of the movie. And then the second half, it became your kind of typical sort of action taken style yeah, action yeah. movie, mm-hmm. which I think was kind of a good thing because I think if they'd kept going the suspenseful thriller route on a plane, you'd have kind of been going, yeah. right, okay, it's kind of getting a wee bit I long now. a lot of people kind of in. Yeah, will probably go into that movie expecting just literally to see Taken on a plane. But it's much more than that because they actually did craft a decent story, mm-hmm. um, you know, to the movie. But um, what did we all think about um, his co-star, Julianne, Julianne Moore? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. She didn't have as big a part as I thought she was going to have. No. She's an only kind of dipped in and out throughout. She's another one they clearly wanted to set up as like a suspect. At definitely, yeah. Points, you know. Well, there's quite a few people throughout that Liam literally flat out. Was there accuses. anyone actually that got through the movie that wasn't accused by him at some point or other? He uh, accused pretty much most of the crew yeah. and about <clears throat> five passengers and his partner. He's got a partner. Including the bald NYPD cop. Yes. Who actually did a very good job, I think, of portraying a potential villain. Yeah, because yeah, I, I thought once, well, I thought the guy at the start was the suspect, and then once I got more into the film, I started doubting start myself. Thinking. I started doubting myself. I'm like, he's the bad guy? No, that's no, no, no he's going to be the bad guy. That's the sign of quite a well-written... But, yeah, it does play with your mind, and you're sitting yeah. there thinking the whole way through the film. <laughs> but, um, I suppose, let's talk about that then, the, the sort of those people that were the potential uh, bad guys. It not only, as you were saying there, you know, had the NYPD cop guy who had this very sort of aggressive nature and kind of grinding sort of guy that he seemed overly defensive and but I think that's a New York thing for mm-hmm. New York people for after yeah, 9 11 to be very outgoing and very yeah. kind of but on a plane in this but situation plane, probably he's not from the best. he's from Brooklyn he, he's on lived a plane he lived through 9-11 he lived through 9-11 most likely yeah and he's on a hijacked plane so of course he's going to be suspicious. Yeah. I thought the guy did do a very good job at it. Oh yeah. But we it we but hated him during the movie. Oh you hated like, him during the film. That guy yeah. is a definite. Yeah, he's like, like sit down mate, shut up. Yeah. But he's the no, guy, he's the guy. Get, but the way we're saying there, when the way you're saying Maggie, you know, the stuff he's probably been through, it kind of uh-huh. makes sense as to why yeah, he, he would be a bit aggressive. Bit paranoid. Yeah. Um, but then if we flip <clears> it as well, um, we went and they even tackled the kind of racial stereotyping that has become kind of expected nowadays. It's with the whole. It's fact the same when you're on a flight yourself. If when, you, see, if you, when you see a certain individual see. come on a plane, you look. I don't. I do, but they do this in the film, and it's just yeah, of course. It, it's it's just basically. It's, 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 it's real life. It's the movie saying we. It. It's the movie saying we know that this is what some people think. Yeah, yeah. and it's a case of there's Which, if people what are we're what we're meaning everybody is that there's. Um, you know, a Muslim doctor who's on the flight, you know, full headdress, all that sort of stuff. So that, you know, is there as a plot device to make you think, could possibly be. Mm. You know, later we find out that there's, it's revealed to kind of make you think, oh, well, you know, don't judge a book by its cover and all that sort of stuff. They did a very good job of doing that because they end up portraying him essentially as a doctor. He is a doctor who kind of tries to save a good number of people. Exactly. So that thing, that was quite good. And then, of course, there's a couple of others that aren't as developed as much as, say, the New York police guy or the doctor. Um, there's just generally kind of angry, you know, 
passengers and stuff like that. Um, well, we haven't mentioned that he's... <clears throat> US Air Marshal have, has his phone, and there's obviously a network that mm-hmm. runs through the plane, and they can contact each other, each Which Air Marshal. Which bit dramatically like an edited Facebook yeah. style messenger to me. Yeah, yeah. private messenger. I didn't understand where he was getting this all because obviously it started. It all seemed to work far too well. <laughs> it doesn't, it doesn't tell you to start as a US Air Marshal until mm-hmm. you know, later on in the film. And so you're wondering what's these messages about? Yeah, why is he getting this? I'm like, you know, we are go sort of thing and all that. But um, it, it is weird that it's kind of like a Facebook thing. But I think one of the <laughs> nice things that did was, and you've seen it in more and more in shows going mm-hmm. ahead, is that instead of the camera work being focused on you know the little PDA device that he's using and seeing him type the words. You only see that very rarely, but on the most case, it pops up on screen. Oh, yes, yes. You know, it actually just pops up on screen, but the nice camera's still just focused on him. Yeah, yeah. It was, that was quite good. Which I think it takes you kind of less out of the movie. But I also like you to see the expression on his face while he was reading these very yeah. threatening texts or what have you messages that he was getting from this... Um, these cryptic messages. Yeah. Because there were so many messages going on, if they had just focused on, all right, here he is, he's typing, yeah. he's on his phone, there you go, you wouldn't have got a great deal of impact from it. Whereas, if you have the camera focused on Liam. the likes of Liam, when a message comes in and you read the message on you know, the cinema screen, but the camera's still focused on Liam, and you see the expression, it kind of it works better. Oh, yeah. I think it definitely, it definitely <coughs> did work. Um, I'm trying to think, um, will we talk about him and his partner? And what what was all going on about there? Basically, a case of um, when Liam starts to get these messages saying that if I don't get hundred fifty million dollars, basically yeah, paid in into bank your, account, yeah. Uh, yeah, certain, oh, yes, yes, then we'll start killing people on the plane every twenty every minutes. minutes. Yeah, every and uh, Liam makes his way <clears throat> to the back of the plane, and you see this guy get up out of his seat, and you think. Oh, this is the guy that's yeah. been messaging him. Oh, he's been caught, and then they get but that would be too and, easy. Yes, <laughs> and then you find out, in fact, that this is another air marshal that's been positioned in coach in economy um, to cover economy, whereas Liam is uh, living the life up in uh, you know first class. But uh, you know they kind of have a bit of an argy bargy, and he explains that no, I'm on your side. There's nothing untoward here. But eventually this leads to the fact that it still leads back to his partner. The message is coming in. And just as the clock hits 20 minutes, Liam in fact kills his partner. So it's set up and you start thinking, oh, this is the way this is going to go. And that it's all being set up to make it look that Liam is in fact the killer. And he's a bit of a nutcase who... Has lost his mind, mm-hmm. but he does have the his co-star Julie Andrew or Julian 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 Moore, yeah, Julie Andrews <laughs> <laughs> singing away, yeah, sound of music. Um, he has his co-stars and the air stewardess yes. from Downton Abbey. No, right? Think so. Uh, uh, someone said yeah, everyone probably. kept talking about this girl from Downton Abbey, but. It's one of those kind of mom shows, I think, that everyone watches, so we didn't really have a clue who she no. was, but basically the girl who was one of the air hostesses was the girl from Downton Abbey, who he also does quite a good job of befriending from pretty early on. But he still accuses her later on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but, but back to the original point, um, they were he had recruited them to uh, monitor security cameras while he uh, texts this, this guy who's on the other end of the phone. Mm-hmm. 
and they're pinpointing everyone who's maybe looking at their phone or getting up to move and then he, of course it comes up to his partner because partner gets up and runs into the bathroom and then uh, that's when we see big lame run to the bathroom and then they have an altercation and pure calm and that's <clears> when <throat> all hell breaks loose essentially because that's the dramatic moment as I was saying <clears> and <throat> that you hear Liam's watch go off as alarm for the 20 minute time uh, and he knows at this point someone's going to die potentially and but he doesn't but know just as, but literally just yeah. as he has killed your boy his alarm goes on his watch basically saying that's your 20 minutes and then I think that's part of what starts to make him kind of waver and go oh right yeah because it, I have to start it, taking it, this guy serious now mm-hmm. it does go on for like, like a minute and he's think right that's the end of it and then he gets of course his phone goes off mm. and says I told you someone would die yeah it's just like, oh, we're on for fun now, we're on for fun. Um, but uh, various other twists and turns occur as we go. Um, mainly it's a case of, um, it seems like like the pilots and all that sort of stuff know Liam, kind of personally, from previous flights and all that sort of stuff, so mm-hmm. they have experience of flying with him. So they kind of have a bit of a personal... Rapport with him. Yeah. And even when... It basically looks like Liam's effectively trying to be talked down by his colleagues um, over the but phone. They respect yeah, him enough. <laughs> the pilots respect him enough to for whenever word. he comes and says that there's a problem or there's an issue here. They kind of give him permission to do what has to be done on mm. the plane. For, to a certain extent. Yeah. But then as we go on through the film, Lev obviously contacted the head office back in the ground. And then they get... Other orders from powers that be. Yeah, to take his gun away from him, his yeah. badge, and tell him just to sit down and, and then enjoy that, the rest and of his that's where, And then that's where even more hell breaks loose, because literally just as the pilot takes his gun and his badge off him, the alarm goes again, and we find out that, in fact, the pilot is... The next victim. Is the next victim, mm. and he's we're choked. like, how has this happened? And it's basically, it looks like it's some sort of allergic reaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was choking, and then, of course, they find the doctor... The oh, doctor can't help him. No, too late. Too late. And um, too so that's that's kind of your next twist is, right, okay, we're down to one pilot. And uh, that's where kind of things start getting a wee bit more dicey because everybody starts getting a wee bit more suspicious going, right, okay, one death. Of course, Lim goes into the cockpit and takes his gun and badge back and then says, mate, don't uh, open this door for anyone. Just keep it locked. Yeah. You just say you stay here. And uh, it keeps going and keeps going. Uh, gets to a point where Liam keeps getting contacted over the phone by head office and they keep getting more and more suspicious that it is in fact Liam that is the one behind this because it turns out that the bank account that has been requested mm-hmm. is in fact in big Liam's name uh oh <laughs> spaghettios and Liam's trying to explain you know, saying, you know, why would I want this in my name and stuff like that and general things you know like you should know me better I wouldn't do something like this and uh, basically they're still very very suspicious and he's effectively told you know stand down you're relieved of duty you know but he effectively ignores this completely and keeps going about his ways because that's when he starts doing his main searches around the cabin pulling people out of their chairs and roughing them up basically and of course in this day and age people are recording it on their phones yes this is true. Which is actually a very important point in this movie. <clears throat> yeah, because around this time, you see in Economy, there's a guy filming it with his phone. Um, you don't really think anything of it at first. No. Yeah, you just, because, you, because it's kind of left in the background. Yeah, 
Yeah. But um, as Liam's going about and he's checking with different people because you know he'd already checked the doctor and found out yes he's a genuine doctor and stuff in the NYPD cop, and then he notices the boy that me and Mikey mm-hmm. had recognised at the start of the movie who had turned around and said to Liam outside the airport, you know, where are you going? And Liam wasn't being very responsive and he turned around and said to Liam, oh, I'm going to Amsterdam. Yet this flight that Liam is on is going to London. And he's like, you said you were going to Amsterdam. Why aren't you a flight to London? And then that's kind of effectively what causes Liam to kick off. Not knowing that it could be a... Connecting flight. Connecting flight to Amsterdam. Because, you know, the further we go through this, it's revealed that Liam is quite the alcoholic... And has a few issues in that aspect. And maybe didn't tell the truth about his family history at the very start of the movie to Julianne Moore. Yeah, because he explains that, you know, he has a daughter back home and he has like this little thing that he, like a ribbon that keeps him calm on takeoff and because it was hers, that sort of thing. And just, we hints keep getting dropped throughout that everything just doesn't really add up. Add up. But um, you can kind of understand why he wouldn't tell a stranger at the very start of the movie. Oh, I no, you're especially if you're, you're not going to tell a stranger no, your no. personal issues. No, no. Especially if you're a U.S. Air Marshal. No, you know you're just want to blend into the background, and it's kind of funny in the fact that they both kind of don't tell each other everything to him and Julianne Moore because he initially asks her, you know, what do you do for a job, and she doesn't answer the question. So that would kind of have been his first seed to suspect her in this aspect but as we were saying about the mobile phone filming and all as well um, you had that while he pulled your boy that was meant to be going to Amsterdam up out of the seat yeah the teacher and when he should have originally uh, cut the network to stop all internet or outward access of anything he turned the network back on after the initial 20 minutes if we remember rightly so that uh, the guy could get back in contact with him effectively, but it allows footage to be uploaded and the news networks get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. And this is where we kind of get our next twist in terms of, as I was saying, everything that he has been saying is not as it seems. And why is that? Well, it does a very good job, firstly, of kind of alienating Liam from the rest of the passengers because they start saying things on the TV, Before. basically. Um, portraying him as this kind of alcoholic who's lost his family, who's out of control. Um, so it kind of does a lot to heighten kind of suspense. And that it kind of makes you as the audience think, God, is he someone who's flipped his lid? Yeah. And of course on the news. Is he, he, a bit of a is he, is he in fact imagining yeah. all this? And is he in fact the hijacker? And of yep. course everyone on the plane's watching their, their live t- news channels on the TV or on the wee screens. And the news is saying that the plane's been hijacked by... By him, him. By him. And they're giving him all his background information on the guy. So he's pretty much, they think he's lost it now. Yeah, and they basically reveal in the fact that um, at the start of the movie where we see Liam talking to Julianne Moore, he says that he has a 17-year-old daughter. And at this point in the movie, it is in fact revealed on the movie that not only had he been divorced by his wife, but in fact that his daughter died of cancer age 8. So this kind of throws a curveball out there. Mm. You know, not to the whole set of passengers because they didn't know the whole story about the kid or anything like that, but it still would paint a picture to them that, okay, this guy's lost his wife, he's lost his daughter, he's an alcoholic, he's flipped his lid, and he's the one in 
trouble here. And of course, the police found his car in the airport mm-hmm. where it's parked. Yeah, it was the it was the airport car park, and there was, there was was there drugs planted on it. I don't think there was drugs or anything planted on it, but they were there they searching were, it. Yeah, they'd but find, they they'd find drink and stuff. I think they'd find drink. But we didn't talk about the drugs being planted in his fellow air marshals. Well, that's that's yes. that's all happening around this sort of time. Yeah, it's all kind of there's like a million different things going to happen at the same time during this, um, because it's basically a case of the reason why he ended up killing his partner was because his partner had also been communicated to by the same boy who was talking to Liam and had basically talked him into saying, right, we'll give you X amount of money if you Mm -hmm. cooperate. And it finds out that, in fact, the suitcase that he had been carrying was full of cocaine and more insane madness in that aspect. But... um, this is kind of, isn't this, this is sort of the point where there's the wee revolt, isn't there? Yeah, because he goes back into the was the, the, the changing room or the toilets mm-hmm. to get the briefcase, and when he comes out, the NYPD guy smacks him in the back of the head with a fire extinguisher, and then everyone jumps on him. Mm-hmm. And of course, at this point, Liam has discovered that there was more than just cocaine in that briefcase, mm-hmm. because in fact, there's a bomb. Mm-hmm. There's a bomb on the plane. It's a case of the bomb activates in the 30 minutes, but during all this time, we also got the amazing uh, little speech where oh, yes. uh, I'm not trying to hijack this plane, I'm trying to save it. Yep. Uh, which is kind of a wee the point point of was another, that was, that was another wee pop moment yeah. for us, um, because only Liam can deliver lines like that. Um, but we've now got this twist in the fact, and this is the kind of point where I was saying, now we've went from kind of this being this sort of suspenseful thriller to sort of the more action-y taken movie. Because everything kind of gathers pace a wee bit here, does it not? Because not only does he get a boy to do a hack program on a phone to get the audio for the phone that has been communicating with him turned on... Once that all happens and he finds a boy with the phone and it's one of the boys he had initially checked with, Liam had been dragging Amsterdam boy with him as well. And we don't really notice all this going on. But when Liam then lifts the boy with the phone to take him to question him, he coughs it as well. And he keels over, foaming at the mouth. Yes. And then Liam... Is this when he makes the discovery in the toilets then? This is when he makes the discovery of the phone, phone. footage. Because he sees... He finally sees the footage oh, yes, yes. on the TV. And he's like, where's this coming from? And then, he, of course, he looks around the plane and there's the guy filming. The kid. Yeah. He's still filming everything. And, of course, he runs over to him, grabs his phone, goes through And the dad's it. like, I apologise for my insolent son. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Big Liam, he goes through the phone and he's sitting uh, watching some of the videos. And then, obviously, it's focusing on this one part of the video. And it keeps repeating, repeating, repeating. And it's the Amsterdam boy falling, falling into one of the passengers and dropping the, the like a, it's the, like a wee dart of yeah. kind of poison, poison, poison yeah. that killed that feller fella. And then so it all adds up in that because this boy died effectively the exact same way as the pilot that it must in fact actually be Amsterdam boy that has been in charge of it. And then we find out that the guy who actually in fact did the hack for him is with Amsterdam boy. Partners in crime. And then that's where it all really kicks off and guns are brought out and all that sort of stuff. 
and uh, this kind of leads to eventually I, I would say probably one of your favourite points of the movie because um, if the bomb explodes at the height they are the plane will get torn apart and there's no chance of anybody surviving but if they get the plane down to 8,000 feet the pressure on the outside will equalise and there is a better chance of the plane being able to land and uh Liam's tried to explain this to the co-pilot. co-pilot, but at this stage now, because the plane is flying towards the UK, there's UK RAF jet typhoons uh, basically alongside the plane to kind of escort it. No, it, was, it didn't get... It was only halfway through the Atlantic. It was going to Iceland. It no, have, it, they redirected it to Iceland. When the typhoons oh, yeah, yeah. arrived, it got diverted to Iceland. But it was going to but the I think UK, Amer- so that's why they got... I think they're American fighter jets. Right? Typhoons are only used by European countries. There you the, go. Uh, Fun fact the, U- the US uh, do not use them. Um, but basically, the co-pilot is under strict orders not, not to do not what Liam says. Yeah. Basically, you will stay put. You will continue to Iceland, effectively. And I guess to the point where... What is it? It's like a minute or so before the bomb's due to go off in dramatic effect. The co-pilot suddenly has a brain of his own. And yeah. he decides he, to nosedive the plane he down to 8,000 feet. He goes, effort. <laughs> literally. He literally says, effort, and just nosedives the plane down towards uh, 8,000 feet. And I, this is another kind of funny part of it, and it kind of got us all in a fits of laughter, where halfway mm. kind of in the dive, he goes, come on, you um, male, you know, things you do on your own. Um, <laughs> we'll let you figure that out, children. <laughs> But no, that was entertaining, and needless to say, to wind everything up in that aspect, the bomb goes off out the back of the plane. And it all gets fairly unbelievable at this point. It gets very unbelievable in CGI film and stuff like that, but still it's good crack because... If you're willing to suspend your disbelief, then you will enjoy the the final act, I would say, of the movie. And I think it's nice in the fact that also, in this whole kind of run-up to the end, we get to see that... You know, the NYPD guy kind of comes into his own. He actually... Know, in helping yeah. Liam. Becomes a hero. In he gets ways. shot as well. Like, oh, yeah. So he does. He takes one for the team. He takes one for the team. I remember think, seeing him get shot, I think, and flip, he's totally dead. But Liam didn't give him a gun, sure he didn't. I know, he no, gave he, him, he him, him, him a gun, but it was unloaded. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, you gave me an unloaded gun? <laughs> and then he does give him a proper gun, but he still gets shot. Um, but I definitely have to say, I think coming out of this movie, you know, they land safely and all that sort of stuff. Sorry to round up. Um, but it is definitely a very very enjoyable movie and it was a movie where I was like I'm not expecting the acting to be no. overly good but I'd say for what it was it was reasonably impressive I, I think so it. it was a decent film it was one you would enjoy in the summer it's uh-huh. one I think you would buy as well to be honest it's one mm-hmm. I'll definitely be picking up on Blu-ray whenever it comes out then I am oh, a bit of a lame mark. You have a lame shelf? I do, yes. <laughs> as most Northern Irish people tend to, we all kind of have a soft spot for Big Lame, but I think if you're a you fan have, of... You have to support your own. Of course, but if you're a fan of Taken and Taken 2 and Lame and Unknown, I think this kind of follows nicely along mm-hmm. with that kind of trend of movies that he has been making the last few years. It's hard to believe that a, early, a man in his early 60s could be becoming such a big action icon mm-hmm. now. But like he was definitely um, Empire Magazine, I think, ranked him in the top 100 action stars of all time, and I think that's fully warranted. In oh, this case. yeah, totally. You know, more so for stuff in the last few years. Like it's yeah, it's think, really yeah. it's really taken off for him in that aspect. And that's pardon the I, pun. Pardon the uh, pun. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But no, definitely. I'd say, what would you rate this movie out of 10? I'd probably say uh, probably about an 8. I was thinking, I'd give it a solid 8. It's a good 8. It isn't anything, if you're expecting some sort of, you know, well, to use a movie of Liam's history, Schindler's List, you're not going to get it. He's not going to get an Oscar nomination for Best Actor. It's a fun film as long as you turn your imagination off. Yeah. And just grab yourself some popcorn and and sit back and relax and enjoy it. But they definitely deserve points for trying to put a bit of effort into creating a bit of a suspenseful plot. Mm -hmm. Because it's much more than just people stuck on a plane. Because it was like we were saying, I was walking into this thing and went, oh, we're going to get taken on a plane. And it, and it is wasn't. In, it is in some ways, of course. If you're a fan of taking your leg, you'll notice stuff. But, but they do actually go deep enough, I think, into the plot, or as deep as they can. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a lot of di- it's a lot different in terms of plot to what you've you know got to know with the likes of Taken. Because Taken's effectively again spoilers, everybody. If you haven't seen Taken by now, I'd be quite shocked. Mikey. Well, I seen Mikey. Taken, I seen Taken last week for the first time. You've yet to see Yo. Taken 2. I've got Taken 2. I still you have, have to follow up with Taken 2, definitely. You know, dad's, dad's daughter goes to Paris, gets kidnapped, dad has to go after daughter, rescues daughter at the end. It's not an overly complicated plot. You know, there's, yes, there's a few twists and turns about the way to having to find her, but you know the whole point of that movie is the fact of he's going to find his daughter. But that's the joy of a lot of these movies. You know, sometimes you just want to be able to go to the cinema and sit down, eat some popcorn and not want to have to do an over... You know, an overly huge amount of thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but non-stop, you do have to think. Yes. But you don't have to think too hard. It just you makes, it, it just makes you hard, guess. You're, just, you're sitting guessing the whole way through the film. Yeah. And then you're sitting there. Because it, 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 fact- it, it takes something for... Us at the start of the movie to go. That's definitely the killer. But then we but were then doubting ourselves. Doubting it. Yeah, we were doubting ourselves. As it's the almost like on. that's what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. they make it overly obvious from the start, and then make the audience start to doubt what they've seen. But I think also what makes it very successful is the fact that everyone can relate to being on a plane. Mm-hmm. And I think at the back of everyone's mind, even if you're a seasoned flyer, you still have those doubts every time you're on a plane. What could happen while we're up there? You know, it's just us. Well, thousands of thousands of feet. Well, in three weeks' time, we'll be having those uh, fears. <laughs> yes. Early start. Oh, no. I don't want an early start. I don't mind the early start. Non-stop. I'm used to early start. Non-stop's probably a film that Vendo shouldn't take just before he's due to fly to New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> Scared mid-flight, Vendo. What's this? It'll not do him any favours. Mine, this will probably be on the wee screens, because they usually have movies that are in the cinema. I don't think they'll have plane films, though. Because I remember I when, I, be when I was what? flying from, when I was in JFK a few years ago flying back to Belfast they, uh, there was a plane crash happened and it was on the news they had CNN broadcasting and it was as soon as it came up it was instantly turned TVs all turned off Serious? around the airport all TVs Goodness. turned off that's crazy they must have someone actually physically watching the news channels for something dodgy well, it's not a nice thing when you're sitting in the airport and you're about to go on a plane yeah about to go on a plane I've been on about over 100 flights and I not still not the greatest flyer, but that makes it even worse. Mm-hmm. Oh, aye, no, totally. But before we round up all this, um, where would you think in terms of Liam movies that you've seen this would rank? Because you've seen Takens and all that sort of stuff. Well, for me, within the last few years, I would definitely have the first Taken up there as like the best thing he's done in the last few years. Um, beneath that, I would probably have non-stop, to be honest. Then mm-hmm. Taken 2, then maybe Unknown, um, for me. I haven't seen Unknown. I haven't seen a lot of Liam films, because I've only seen a couple of Batmans he's in, Taken 1, and now non-stop. I'm sure I've seen him in different films before, and I just can't remember. Because I was never, and I was never a huge Liam fan. But he never, he never done any big roles until recent recent years. 
Apart from Schindler's, Schindler's List. <laughs> Schindler's List. Schindler's List, but I've never seen Schindler's List. But you read it highly enough anyway. Oh yeah, yeah, it's one of those ones. So he's been a lot. I mean, he's been in Star Wars, obviously. He's yes. been in Chronicles of Narnia as well, he stars in. There's a lot of things Which he's I actually been in. think, actually, to kind of go on a wee, uh, you know, off to the side here. And The Witch in the Wardrobe. I think that's kind of a nice wee thing that he did that, in terms of for the Northern Ireland connection. Oh, yeah. because it's because it was written because it was written by a guy from Northern Ireland and that to have actually something <laughs> from Northern Ireland voice effectively yeah. kind of the main guy in the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe you know Aslan it was a kind of a nice thing but mind then he went and compared you know compared it to flipping like Buddhism and God stuff and that and annoyed a lot of like, people that annoyed a lot of people and I, was just I like, don't think he really need to go and do that win a lot of fans when he and everybody was like it was quite clear that the guy who wrote The Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe was a Christian so I don't know why you're saying that Liam C.S. Lewis yeah it's just like why'd you say that Liam and he's like um okay who used to live in East Belfast my, right. my home territory oh wow but, but they pulled this house down a few, about 10 years ago they have a statue though dedicated <laughs> they have a statue in, in Belfast uh, yeah on uh, Hollywood, Hollywood Arches Hollywood Arches yeah just beside the library yep he's peeking in a wardrobe funnily enough <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah I think that'll probably do us for now um I'm trying to think what our next movie's going to be um, probably I suspect looking at the dates it'll be Need for Speed because Need for Speed's out in the 12th so Hooray. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a good crack. I definitely wanted to see Dallas Buyers Club. I have to say, don't worry, you'll see Dallas Buyers Club. You know, at the end of the day, that got Matthew McConaughey the best actor. What was year. that? Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey. I thought he said something else. Did, I Matthew think he McConaughey. Did. I thought he said McConaughey. 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 No, but you said McConaughey. You knew who I meant, though. Yeah, Professor McGonagall. <laughs> it's one though that you two don't seem to really be at fussed on. It's not a I movie. look at it's it. Not I don't think. Really I, I really want to see that. I do want to see it, but it's, it's not one. It's not, one, it's not one in my list that I have to see it. No, mm-hmm. my first film I wanted to see this year was The Wolf of Wall Street, mm-hmm. which we did see. <laughs> Although I don't think any of us really went into that movie expecting it to be as good as it was. No, no, I, have to say, I, don't, I say, I'd, been, expect, I'd been hearing good reports. Mikey says there, you know, it was a movie that he wanted to see this year. I can't say, but I never it expect, was. I never expected it to be. It was one of those good. ones where you were like, "Let's go and see the Wolf of Wall Street," and I was like, nah. and then we went, and of course, well, we all know the impact that had on the history of us. Exactly, it's but um, still, my film of the year. No, it'll probably be Need for Speed next because it's the new movie that's out next week. So uh, logically, it should be the next review. Oh no, we can't. Why not? Or else the rugby. Wait, or no, that's this Friday, no. yeah. Well, this Friday, whatever. We'll do it at the weekend or something. I don't know. Yeah. We'll get round to it eventually. It'll be. The, it'll probably be the next one anyway. So, yeah, whatever's. Whatever's. I haven't looked at a lot of films coming out yet lately. We're kind of coming into a sort of a. Because uh, you always do get a drive. Bit of a lull before the. But at the end of the month, the end of the month, there's the new Captain America. So that'll that'll probably no doubt be reviewed eventually anyway as well. But. um yeah, I'll probably need for speed in Cap America or something like that. But all in all, non-stop, we definitely recommend. It gets the thumbs up here. But uh, that'll do us for today. Uh, if you want to get in contact with the show, you can follow us on Twitter at Retroshock316. Or you can contact me at Alan GW Price. You can contact Mikey at... Maggie2004. Chris at... Chris Hill 90 
What about your other one, your alternative? Oh yeah, oh yeah, well I do have an, an alter ego, um, Mr. Big Red 1990, if you're a fan of wrestling at all. Or Kane. And Kane. Or Kane, the do, the Big Red Monster you can the call. The director of operations. Yes. But that can wait for a wrestling show, oh, yes. because no doubt he will wax lyrical. But uh, <laughs> thank you all very much for listening today, folks. We hope this has been enjoyable enough for you, and... Uh, Hope you've enjoyed your debut, Chris. Yes, it's been very enjoyable, I have to say, and it's just an honour and a privilege to be here. Desperate times call for desperate uh, measures, of course. <laughs> what rubbish are you I think, I think that's the only reason why I've been drafted into this. <laughs> he thinks of a lot of himself, doesn't he, Michael? Oh, yeah. well, he does a lot of himself, don't you? No. What makes you think that? You should always love yourself, but not cockily like you just no. did. I See you next time, everybody. Take it easy. Peace. Passenger on board this flight threatened to kill someone every 20 minutes unless they're paid 150 million dollars and now three people are dead the bomb will explode in less than half an hour and they want you to believe that i'm responsible everything you've heard about me is true i've lost my family my job i'm an alcoholic my daughter was diagnosed with acute leukemia at the age of five, and I spent my days at work instead of being at home looking after her because I was afraid of watching her die. I'm not a good father. I'm not a good man. I'm, I'm not hijacking this plane. I'm trying to save it. <laughs>